Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Think about how in in just a very short amount of time, the lives of, of so many people can change so dramatically. The events that sometimes, the, the, the tragic and, and cataclysmic events that sometimes cause those changes are often so great that sometimes people in, in later generations or at a later time will ask, well, what was it like before that event took place? For example, uh, the, the stock market crash and the fault was followed by the Great Depression in the, the late 1920s and the 1930s. People of a, a later time might ask, What was it like during that time and before that time? Because that time totally changed the the way of life and the way of living of of so many people, virtually everyone in this country. Or perhaps the the bombing of the military base at Pearl Harbor caused a cataclysmic change for all of the people of this country and indeed many millions of people around the world. What was it like? before that time compared to afterwards? Are we today heading for some history-making event that will be a a reference point for generations to come? Are we heading for an event about which our children and our grandchildren will ask, well, what was it like in the days before that event happened? Perhaps the pandemic and the response to the pandemic was that kind of event. I think certainly it was. Maybe there's an even bigger event coming. Well, in a sense, we are living in the days that precede an event that we know will happen. And that event is the second coming of Jesus, our Savior. The same Lord who made his first advent, his first coming into our world as a newborn baby placed in in a humble manger feeding trough for animals, and then who later on made his advent into our hearts through faith, through his word that brought us to faith in him, that same Lord and Savior is going to come again in judgment and bring this world to an end. Jesus spoke about that time in our gospel reading today. He said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man, referring to himself, returns. Jesus points out that we, today, are living in a very similar time to the time of Noah and the people of that age. Jesus said, also in the Gospel reading, In the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the very day that Noah entered the ark. Life for the people of Noah's time went on in its usual way, in spite of of Noah out there building an ark there on dry ground. Certainly people observed him building that ark there with apparently no water in sight and no threat of water coming near near that place uh, from what they had normally observed for hundreds of years. But then one day, suddenly, the rains came and the, the floodwaters of the great deep burst forth and the world was faced with a deluge. And that age of the world ended. And everyone who was not on the ark perish. So it will be when the Son of Man returns, Jesus said. That is the thrust of today's gospel reading and of of our whole worship service today in which God calls us to be ready because 
ready or not, here God comes in judgment on the last day. Just as it was in the days of Noah, Jesus said. What were those days like? What was it like to be an ark builder, building an ark and then waiting on God to fulfill his promise? Our text for today from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans tells us about that anticipation and preparation. For the people of Noah's time, life went on as it usually had. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. And all the while, for the vast majority of the people, we learn from the Bible, God's will and his warnings about the coming judgment and destruction were being ignored by the vast majority of people. People were too busy building their own little kingdoms, focusing on their own wants and desires. What mattered to them was themselves and not what God wanted. They were living in the sin of spiritual unconcern. God was excluded from their thoughts. But not for the ark builder and his family. God had called Noah and had spoken to Noah about the rain and the flood water that was to come, the, the destruction that would come on everyone and everything that was not in the ark. The ark builder lived with a sense of being in the world, but not of the world, not belonging essentially to the world. The kingdoms that people build here on this earth become meaningless when God's kingdom surges in and an ark must be built. An ark builder must have a sense of detachment, of, of living in the tentative, of, of this not really being his true and permanent home. Insurance policies, mortgages, layoffs from work, experiments bubbling in the laboratory, studies winding down toward a final examination, political elections, all are viewed from the perspective of the ark. All of these are important, but all of these are by no means of the ultimate importance, not when you're building an ark. Here in Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul is telling us that you and I are also ark builders in a sense. We are living in the days before, the days before a, a major event that is coming. And so Paul writes in verse 11 and 12, And do this since you understand the present time. It is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost over and the day is drawing near. Clearly our text is telling us to wake up, wake up, not just from physical sleep and slumber, but from spiritual slumber and apathy. The Apostle Paul saw the warning signs he felt the world tensing for the final judgment that God said was coming. And in a way, he was both wrong and right about his anticipation of those events. He was wrong about his feeling of how near it was. Since, since the time of the Apostle Paul, the world has gone on for almost a full 2,000 years since he wrote these words, and the end has still not yet come. Yet he was right about the nearness of the end. Because each day brings us closer to the time when our Lord will be calling an end to all of humanity and also individually to our own lifetimes. Each day brings us 
closer now to that end than it was at the time of the Apostle Paul. And we don't know when it will come, just as Jesus taught in the Gospel reading for today. But we are assured that it will indeed come, just as God has promised. And so because of this, God has called on all of us to have that vision of an ark builder. The Lord is coming soon. And we are to live like people who know and believe that that is true. The vision of the Christian ark builder focuses on God's other, greater sign that the Apostle Paul wrote about in Galatians chapter 4. He said, When the set time had fully come, God sent his Son. So the vision of the Christian ark builder is focused on the manger in Bethlehem. God promised to come, and he did come. That is the first focus of our Advent preparation. God also promises to come again, and he will come again. And that is the vision of the ark builder. We, as God's ark builders, are tweenagers. We live in between the first coming of our Lord Jesus, his, his incarnation, his birth in the flesh, and his second coming at the end of time. Think about Noah and his family and their lives and work. Do you think they practiced uh, loading the ark? Do you think they, they planned elaborately for what they would need during however long of a time they had to spend inside the ark? How much food they would need to stow away in order to, to support the lives of themselves and the animals that would be on the ark? Do you think the people came to mock them as they worked and as they made those preparations? Probably they did all of these things, and probably, yes, the people did mock them for it. An ark seemed irrelevant and foolish out there on dry ground. The worship of the God who commands the building of an ark on dry land seems even more foolish than the building of the ark itself especially for people who are so focused and so busy on building their own little kingdoms here on this earth. Especially if you don't believe in the God who commanded an ark to be built. Our text here from Romans chapter 13 addresses us as New Testament ark builders with the words in verse 12, Let us put away the deeds of darkness and put on the weapons of light. These words are calling God's ark builders to be constantly practicing and preparing to always be in readiness for the time when the ark is needed. Our text is calling us not to compromise on God's truth in order to conform to the, the sinful world around us and, and its ways and following in it, its deeds of darkness. Rather, our text calls on us to put on the weapons of light. Uh, similar to what the Apostle Paul wrote about in Ephesians, to put on the whole armor of God. God is calling us to get dressed in light, which represents the full knowledge of our calling as his dearly loved and redeemed people. To be dressed in light is to be dressed in the clothing of an ark builder who trusts in his promise. We're called to be always practicing and preparing for the big day. As Paul writes in verse 13, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual sin and wild living, not in strife and jealousy. To live in that way is to live in darkness, 
and to risk being caught unprepared at Jesus' second coming. And so we see from the way the Apostle Paul writes here that those Christians in, in the city of Rome were in great need, just as we today are also in great need for that message of John the Baptist of preparing the way for the coming Savior. Prepare, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Christ is coming soon. The great need for true repentance, for the necessity to watch for the signs of the end. Those Christians in Rome were in danger of getting out of practice as God's ark builders. That's a danger that we also face today. Life must have been hard for Noah, the ark builder. Building an ark is hard work. And it must have been hard emotionally also on Noah's wife and his children. It must have had to, to, to do without many things in their life because of their focus on building the ark and the resources that that must have taken. They also must have suffered intense ridicule from the people around them. The other people around them were, were getting ahead and getting on with their lives. Well, perhaps Noah and his family were, were constantly falling behind in, in comparison to other people. And spiritually, they had only the word of God to go on, only his promise, nothing that they could see with their eyes. Was that enough? Well, it ought to be. But it must have seemed so, so weird, so impossible, so bizarre to think that such an event that they had never seen before, never heard tell of before, would in fact happen. But Noah persisted. And then finally, when the rains and, the, and the, the floodwaters of the deep burst forth, he was ready. There are a lot of reasons for us not to be ark builders, intellectually, economically, socially. It would be a lot easier for us in so many ways not to be a follower of our coming Lord and preparing for his return. But the ark builder has the command of God himself. God's sure and certain promise. So Paul writes in verse 14, Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not give any thought to satisfying the desires of your sinful flesh. The clear word of God calls for a clear response, either yes or no, with no maybe, no, oh, I will if or but. Do not give any thought to satisfying the desires of your sinful flesh, Paul writes, because our sinful flesh won't fit into the ark. But faith will. That's the intended meaning of Paul's words. Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Noah, in a sense, put on the promises of God, and everything else in his life revolved around those promises from God. God was committed to him, and so everything in Noah's life flowed from that commitment. That's what compelled him to devote his energy and his life to building that ark. Advent, the, the season of the church year, also reminds us of God's loving commitment to us. He came in the person of Jesus Christ to live among sinful people of this world, and eventually he went to the cross bearing the sins of all people to death and to pay the price that those sins deserve. 
And now he comes to us as our risen and ascended Lord. By faith in him as our Savior, we clothe ourselves with him. And so, like Noah, we find that everything else in life revolves around God's commitment of love to us. And in response to God's love to us, we receive the the power to, to pick up the hammer and the tools of faith and to build the ark of the Christian life in preparation for his return. Everything else in our lives flows from that love of God to us. And then, as God's ark builders, we are ready for the coming of the Son of Man. Each impressing blow of the Christian life, those, those hammer strokes and, and all the other preparations that we make, is like the countdown toward the end of time and the beginning of eternity that God has promised to us. In this Advent season, the God of all history calls us into his story. He unites us with himself and makes us his ark builders. This ark building calls for the vision of the one who calls us, for us to share in that same vision. This vision calls for us as God's ark builders to always be practicing and preparing for that big event whenever it might come, to always be ready for the second coming of Jesus and the last judgment. This vision calls us as God's ark builders to that commitment that is focused on the one who promised, the one who came, and the one who will come again. As God renews in us that vision, that desire for practice, that desire for commitment in our lives, we become ark builders every day of our lives, ready to, to, to bounce and float above the floodwaters that, that bring destruction whenever they may come. He makes us ready for that end time that will usher in a time that has no end. Then we will be ready for our Lord and Savior to take us out of this earth to a new land, a land that exists under the permanent rainbow of God's promise of love and a perfect peace and safety forever, a peace that has been secured by the Prince of Peace, our Savior Jesus whose advent we eagerly await. Amen.